Welcome to the Wise Up Texas podcast. Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. You can visit our website, wiseuptx.org, and find us on all social media platforms. This is Poonam Kaji, Wise Up Texas board member and today's host. Thanks for listening today, and thank you if you went out to vote in the November election. We just voted on uh, amendments to the Texas Constitution, and there were a number of local elections going on, local propositions. If you went out and, and voted, good. That's awesome. Um, if not, then start thinking about next year. We're already a year away from the 2022 elections, which are going to be really, really big elections um, for congressional seats, te- Texas Senate, Texas House, governor. Um, so start thinking about it now. Make a make a plan to vote now and uh, check on your registration for friends and family. We just can't emphasize that enough. We're going to have a, a really interesting episode today about the Texas maps. We've talked a little bit about this on the podcast and on our social media platform about the creation of maps here in Texas. And we want to really dig in more about what this means for our South Asian community. The Asian population is growing rapidly in Texas, but we wonder if our political districts will reflect this change in the Texas population. Texas lawmakers just created new voting maps. These are for the Texas House seats, Texas Senate, and for US Congress. And many leaders representing communities of colors say the maps do not represent census data, which showed growth in many minority populations. As an example for the Asian population here in Tarrant County, where I live, there was a 53% jump in the population from 10 years earlier. Asians now make up 6% of the Texas population. The final maps passed recently and resulted in more districts that have a white majority. Despite that, 95% of the population growth in Texas came from communities of color. So that's the status of the maps. Um, what, what we're gonna do today is hear from Prerna Butt, who not only is a Wise of Texas board member, but also has dug in deep on this issue of redistricting as a member of the Texas AAPI Redistricting Coalition. And she's gonna explain this in more detail and how this really affects our South Asian community. So Prana, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, why don't you just start off by introducing yourself so our listeners can get an idea of who you are. Sure. I'm very glad to be here again. My name is Prana Bhatt. I'm originally from, from Austin, grew up there. Um, and I, uh, as, as you mentioned, Puno, I'm, I'm a member, new, new member of Wise Up Texas, um, and I've also been part of the Texas AAPI Redistricting Coalition uh, group that's really been trying to dig in on this issue over the last um, several months. Uh, I worked on campaigns most of last uh, year, including on AAPI coalitions work. So through that, have you know, really interacted with API folks across the state, across the country, working to sort of really turn out our, our communities and, and build more political power for, um, you know, the, for, for our folks and for our communities across the country. Uh, I'm, my background is in the environmental space. I'm, I'm now working in uh, environmental policy, but um, still have a lot of passion for, of course, all the work that we're doing in Texas and, and about uh, increasing API representation and making sure that we, uh, our voices are heard and that we're, we're well represented uh, in 
all the spaces where we where we need to be showing up and then claiming our power. Well, thanks for all your service and work. I know you specifically um, went to the Texas Capitol and testified six different times on behalf of the South Asian and Asian community, telling our lawmakers um, what we need to see from these maps as they were creating these voting districts. Can you tell us what were you telling the lawmakers when you went to testify these many times? Yeah, well, I should mention that some of those were virtual, not all six in person, although the ones that were in person, I think we waited for upwards of like nine, 10 hours uh, there to testify. Um, not as bad as when I testified against the uh, some of the voting rights stuff that passed um, in the spring. I think we were there till 4 a.m. So that was that was rough. Um, no, but, but, you know, in my testimonies, sort of the, the common theme throughout all of them was, uh, as you mentioned, you know, the fact that so much of the growth in Texas, you know, I think 98% came from communities of color and, and communities of color really driving the growth in, in um, com- you know, in, in areas across Texas, and they should be represented in that way. And, and when we're looking to draw new maps that are going to be sort of the way that we vote for our representatives for the next 10 years, um, I, I talked a lot about growing up in Austin and, you know, what, where our Asian community is, where our particular South Asian community is, the temples and, and mosques that we go to, the grocery stores we go to, the ways that, you know, people who lived within a 15 minute radius of this common sort of central part of the community were split into four different, you know, congressional districts, five different state house districts, multiple different state Senate districts. The fact that like up and down the ballot, we're just split across in so many ways that prevents us from really being able to group together and elect candidates of our choosing. Um, I talked about the fact that, you know, I, I grew up in a neighborhood called Canyon Creek in Austin and recently, my, my, a couple of years ago, my parents moved to Treviso, uh, just about 15 minutes away. And the fact that we're now divided across so many different district lines. Um, I talked a bit about how during the, you know, storm and grid failure in February, when, you know, our elected leaders, a lot of them really failed us and our systems failed us. Uh, it was our communities that showed up for each other. And it was communities from my current, you know, new neighborhood and my old neighborhood that banded together, especially in the South Asian community to help provide for each other, help get, make sure that our elderly were taken care of, that people had water and food and everything they needed. And so the fact that you see this community banding together, but they're not represented by any of the same people they're not having that ability to band together and, and, and vote and elect people who will actually represent them, who will pay attention to the fact that, you know, our immigrant communities largely don't know how to get access to social services or access to their representatives. The fact that if we don't vote in a block, you know, or if we don't at least make sure that our represent our elected officials and our folks who are running for elected office know that we are an important part of the community, they're not going to pay attention. They're not going to make sure that it, materials are translated into languages. They're not going to do outreach toward communities. And these are such important things. And by diluting our vote, it's preventing that recognition of our communities as, as sort of this important aspect of Texas and an important part of our Texas identity. It sounds like a lot of your testimony was really about the lived experience of being a Texan mm-hmm. and being a South Asian. Um, how how does that matter? Is that kind of testimony something that should be taken into account? It is interesting. I think, you know, when I was writing testimony for each of these different hearings, I kept, I kept asking some of our folks who were really leading in the organizing, like, do we need more data? Do we need more personal stories? And the answer is always like, we need, we need both. We need, you know, I, I did a lot of, I'm certainly far from a data expert, but um, I really like looking at maps and I did a lot of digging into, you know, you know, for example, our state Senate districts and looking at like, oh, the state Senate district was drawn to be 65% people of color, uh, or rather it had grown to be 65% people of color. Now it's redrawn to be only 50%. Like where, like, why is there this discrepancy? How are they cracking and packing our communities? And I think that's really valuable to have because it's, 
so much of what we were doing, we knew that these maps were going to pass anyway. These horrible maps were going to pass anyway. But it was getting this information on the records that are, you know, the leaders who are passing these maps can't claim that they did not know that these were problems. So it's that. It's providing, you know, information for future um, lawsuits that are sort of already currently underway. Our South Asian communities or AAPI communities are communities of interest that should be accounted for in, in trying to, you know, keep people together, not because we all necessarily vote the same way, but because we do fundamentally have some common interests that come from being recent immigrants or having English as a second language for some of our older folks. And these are important things to consider. So anyway, to get back to your original question, I think, yeah, you need to have the statistics to back up what we're saying, but also the personal stories that show why these things matter. Yeah. So you know, what I'm hearing you say is one of the things that that happens, and, and just to remind our listeners, this happens once every 10 years, once mm-hmm. census data comes out, this is when lawmakers uh, recreate the maps to make sure that we have a representational democracy. And one of the things that, that should be taken into account are communities where they actually exist, communities that have common interests and drawing lines to reflect that um, and what you're saying is part of the testimony was explaining how these communities function together and showing data. Mm-hmm. And you gave an example of, you know, maybe a district that now with the new census data um, became a district with 65 percent people of color, but now has been redrawn to make that far less than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so now that the 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 maps have been signed in a law, um, they're, they're official. W- what happens next with these maps and, and how, how do you feel about where they landed first and foremost and what happens next? Right. Well, I mean, it was, of course, disheartening. You, you go to testify and you've got, I think one that on Sundays, you know, 80 plus people who are all testifying against these maps, right? We had very few folks, you know, come up, show up and testify for the maps. And this is, you know, talking across the political spectrum. We had progressive folks who are testifying against these maps. You had conservative folks who are testifying against these maps. So right now these maps, you know, have been passed and um, barring sort of anything stopping them for the time being, you know, they will be starting, they will start to be used next year for the primaries and general elections, um, which as, you know, we've talked about is just, is, is sort of terrifying because they are drawn so poorly and they're drawn intentionally to discriminate against, you know, our communities, our, our API communities, our communities of color. But I think, you know, we, we've got already the um, Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund has filed suit in U.S. District Court, uh, you know, on behalf of uh, individual voters and a coalition of uh, Latino organizations who are looking to secure fair redistricting plans. Um, you've got the Mexican-American Legislative Caucus that's, challenge- that's challenging these maps in state court. Um, they've really taken the lead on this. I'm sure I, I expect to see very soon, you know, our Asian American organizations doing the same, um, our black, uh, texting organizations doing the same other organizations. Um, cause this is sort of the main way that we can now try and put a pin in this to sort of prevent the maps from being used for the next 10 years. And what, if it doesn't get changed by the next, you know, election cycle and next year, hopefully the, I think the plan is that the hope is that something will change before, you know, three, two or three years from now. Yeah. But it's all sort of up in the air at the moment. That's really, really interesting. And I, uh, just from a legal perspective, I'll just kind of give some context that what we, we've, you, in the past episodes, we've used the term gerrymandering, which is the manipulation of districts to impact the outcome of the election, more or less. Um, and what we, what we maybe have not clarified is there is gerrymandering designed 
just for partisan politics. And then there's gerrymandering designed to discriminate against certain communities. And what we're really talking about is the potential for the latter, where if a district would have had the significant Asian growth or Hispanic growth in the population, um, and now is, is being redrawn in a way to almost delete it or dilute it, um, then you know there could be some racial gerrymandering, and th- that will be the lawsuits that will result. Um, you know, in the meanwhile, I think our message for our followers is probably just going to be to stay engaged in the election process and to start thinking about 2022 and candidates that you want to support and feel passionate about, um, and you know, keep an eye out for South Asian candidates. What would what would you say? would be the message to our followers looking ahead at the 2022 election. The Texas Tribune has great reporting. Uh, They have an article that says, Texas has new political political maps, see which district your home is in. I'd say go to that and like play around with the maps a little bit and see how your community is getting split up. See how your friend whose, you know, house you go over to for chai is now in like three different districts from you on, you know, the state house, state senate and congressional level, right? And think about the fact that you are now voting probably with someone who, you know, at least I can say in my case, my my family's home has been carved out of our some of our districts and lumped in with folks uh, who live in rural communities 180 miles away, right? And you know, no nothing against them. They I'm sure they're great people, but we have much less in common than you know people in my own community who live just across the border, that across the you know, congressional border in another district. So I think think through those things and see how. We are being separated. And I think to your point, you know, earlier of of like, you know, partisan gerrymandering is not illegal. Racial gerrymandering is. And we are protected by, you know, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, Section 2. Um, We can't be discriminated against on the basis of race, color, membership in a language minority group. And I think there's a tendency to, and, and we've heard this from some of the legislators who passed these maps to say, well, we drew these maps race blind. Um, and I think, you know, another quote from a Texas Tribune article was that to communities of color, race blind means we are invisible. It means that they're not seeing us. Right. And I think it's um, those of us who are advocating for fair maps, not the ones saying that, oh, if you're a person of color, you vote one way. And if you're a white person, you vote another way. Like, that's not the point we're making. But as we said earlier, the point is that communities of color, particularly immigrant communities, particularly sort of as we get more and more narrow, we do have common interests and we do have common backgrounds. And those things are important for our elected officials to understand. And so when we're talking about our communities getting split up, it's not saying that, oh, we all vote one way. It's rather saying that the people passing these maps think we all vote one way. And that's why they're trying to split us up. And that's why they're redrawing districts, you know, that were 65% people of color now or, you know, in the 50s. That doesn't happen by accident. Um, you know, we're intentionally being cracked, packed. And so I think it's important for us to understand that. And, and not, I think it's important for our communities to not take at face value what these folks are saying, and not say, oh, if we just don't talk about race, it's not a problem. I mean, that's something that we, I think, hear across, not just in redistricting, but in, in so many different aspects of public life. And I think it's important for us to understand that we are being harmed by not talking about these things. And so it's our responsibility to band together with other people who are being discriminated against and try to make change. What I'll do is I'll put in the notes um, a link to the Texas Tribune article Mm -hmm. where people can find their new district. And that way uh, folks can start to think about, you know, one, the new district that you might be voting in in 2022, absent some uh, ability for the lawsuits to recraft those maps 
Um, but that way folks can start thinking about their new district if they in fact are somewhere else than they than they were before. And I think as always, we just want our listeners to stay engaged and to listen up and wise up and uh, you know, pay attention, um, see what your lawmakers are up to and advocate for yourself and your community and um, get really riled up for 2022. We need like, unfortunately, like Perna said, we probably need more voter turnout um, to make sure that our growing Asian community is heard um, if the maps are going to be diluting the vote in the districts. And that means you need even more turnout at the booth. So that was a lot of information to pack in in a short time. We'll link the article so folks can um, dig in a little deeper on their own. Thank you so much for joining us, Prerna. It was really good to hear from you about what you testified about. And thanks for representing the South Asian community at the Texas legislature this session. Um, that concludes our interview. Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit organization, but we welcome interviews with candidates and political leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. Wise of Texas does not endorse any candidates or political party. You can find a recording of this podcast on most platforms where podcasts are available and select episodes will air on Radio Azad in DFW. Please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Thank you for listening. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise Up Texas.